on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You don't understand the steps that you need to take. Had you known about those steps, probably more than likely very happy to do those so you get closer to success. But when you don't know you should take those steps, it can be an issue. Working with businesses to improve cash flow and enhance expansion. Now that more people are again commuting to work, how best to reach those captive audiences? And in our Business Profile segment, we'll reintroduce you to a century-old Iowa construction company that prides itself on customer loyalty. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first full weekend of May 2022. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Advance Iowa, based in Cedar Falls on the University of Northern Iowa campus, offers a variety of services in four basic tracks. Business growth and innovation, business ownership transition and continuity planning services, seminars, training, and workshops, and network connecting through events and activities. Advance Iowa presents this program to you each week. Stacy Mullinex works with businesses to increase their financial success and value at all stages of the life of the business. She will be leading a two-day workshop on business financial solutions that work to be held May 24th and 25th. Myself, as well as most of the members here on staff, came from the small business world. So I had those businesses, I've sweated the payroll, and I've wondered about making the loan payments, and I know what it is to be in the trenches, if you will. Along with that are the highs. You know, that's the good stuff. That's the stuff we celebrate and have fun with, but I also realize there's the struggles too. And that's what we like to balance. I understand when my clients come in and we talk to them, I understand where they're coming from because I've been there before, and I understand what questions that they might have. Of course, they're going to have their own questions and they have their own unique situations, but uh, I can apply what I've been through myself in the past to kind of put myself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. That's got to be very helpful because whenever you want to give someone some assistance, it's much more credible if the person who needs the assistance believes the person who's sharing information has literally walked a mile in their shoes. Absolutely. Yep. There's a bit of a trust, if you will. You understand. You understand where they're coming from. And that's very helpful because, again, it's not easy for people to ask for help because they don't want to be thought of as not able to do it on their own. That's one of the things about being an entrepreneur, isn't it? That you have this sense of being able to strike out on your own. And that individual streak can be wonderful, but yet it also can get in the way, can't it? Because sometimes people don't recognize in themselves when they need to just raise their hand and say, I, I have a question, I need some assistance. Absolutely. And the thing is, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You don't understand the steps that you need to take. Had you known about those steps, probably more than likely very happy to do those so you get closer to success. But when you don't know you should take those steps, it can be an issue. So some of the programs we have here, for example, is business financial analysis and management. So this program is something that it's been around for a while, but uh, we're launching it in a way to uh, hopefully encompass all the needs of the businesses when it comes to the financial management sort. So 
back in the day, one of the things I did was I would go into businesses and I would help them out. I would get a call saying, hey, this company is struggling. Can you go out and help them? So sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I would go in and I'd help them. I have accounting in my background. So I would help them build their books back and, you know, help them understand a little bit about the income statement, the balance sheet, and, you know, how to properly categorize things and the importance of it, and you know, and how to look at the different ratios and, and get them going. And, and I'm sitting there beside them and, you know, we're strong, things are looking good, and you think you got it. They get going, and sometimes it would stick, and it would work. But sometimes, six months later, I'd get another call and said, yeah, I didn't quite get that. You know what? And that's okay, because they're really good at what they do. I mean, they're experts in their trade, and they're expert in their craft, but maybe on the finance side, maybe not so much, and that's okay. You don't need to be perfect at everything. So that's what we like to do. That's one of my jobs here at Advanced Iowa is to step in and help them in the areas that maybe they just need a little support in. And we have the programs that can go in and give them that and not just for that one moment in time, but to keep on going. So maybe we can help them in their finances here to begin with to help them give them a good foundation. But then maybe every quarter we can meet with them and help them and make sure that they're on the right track and to look at their data and get them going on that track. And then the next step, maybe it's not uh, the finances that's looking good, but it's maybe we can look at some of their other uh, uh, their policies, their procedures. Maybe it's something with you know accounts receivable. Maybe they're too far out. And what kind of management strategies can we put in place for you to help you? bring those in and, and bring those uh, accounts receivables back in so you have more cash into your business and uh, things work a little bit better and flow a little bit better for you. You have a number of events and seminars over the course of a year, and I've noticed that in 2022, there appears to be more of a focus on the financial aspect. And yeah. I wonder if that is a response to some of the things that you've heard from some of the folks you've worked with that they need some, I don't want to say lessons in handling money, but it's very different when you're running a business as opposed to running a household. And so that now is a, a real emphasis at this point. Yes, absolutely. In fact, we have a, a workshop going on. And what it is, it's just a two-day course on how to look at your finances a little bit differently. A lot of times the business owners, like I said previously, they're really good at their craft and their trade. But you know what? Finances can be overwhelming. It can be intimidating. So what we like to do is give it to them on a level that they can understand in terms that they can take in and resonate with and would make sense to them. They might not care about a high-term love vocabulary. They don't care about that. What do they care about? How can I take cash, not necessarily out of the business, but extract it in a way that's a positive cash flow? And that's important. And we show them different ways, different pain points that they can look at that would be successful for them to find more cash in their business so that when it comes Thursday night, they're not sweating that payrolls tomorrow morning. They know that the cash is already in the account because they made maybe they've made different terms with their suppliers for accounts payable. Maybe they've uh, lowered their inventory. That could be a possibility. So it freed us in cash flow. Maybe they turned some short-term loans into long-term loans. There's just numerous things that we can look at to help them just realize how they can free up cash for them. That's fascinating to me because I imagine most people, I'm guessing I would be the same way. If I'm running my business, I'm looking at how do I bring more money in? If it appears that I'm not operating as flush as I would like to, I'd be thinking, how do I bring more in? And what you're saying is, okay, that's a conversation, but here's a different conversation. How about you structure so that you don't have the highs and the lows 
of both income and expenses. It's just proper budgeting and it requires communication with vendors and actually thinking that that's a way to, if you will, literally generate more cash when you need it. Absolutely, man. You just hit that right on the nail right there. So clients will come in and say, yeah, I just need to increase my sales. Therefore, I'll make more money. And that's not necessarily true. It depends where your capacity's at. You know, sometimes it's more about being more efficient with what you have. If you get to a point of capacity, you can bring in more sales. But then let's say it's a, a you know tire repair business. You might have to buy a, another truck to go out to do service calls. You might have to hire another employee. And all those costs add up well, how much more sales do you need to cover those costs you had to expand? So there's all things to look at and just to make sure that it's there. The other thing to remember is just because you're profitable doesn't mean that you have cash. I've seen that so many times. We got to make sure not only we look at the profits, but also at the cash flow. That just all comes together. And sometimes that's a hard concept to understand, but the way we lay it out in our programs, and even if we're talking to a client uh, one-on-one, Once you see it and understand it, it makes things a lot easier. Because again, there are so many things, and especially when you first start a business, you see money coming in and that looks great, but then there are taxes to be paid and quarterly taxes and paying your suppliers. And pretty soon you say, I thought I was doing pretty well. I don't see much left in the account. So the financial application of a balance sheet is very different than a bank account. And uh, people uh, don't accept payment by balance sheet these days. They need bank (laughs) account, right? Yeah, great point. And that's another thing that we try to focus on is how can they lay out their information and present it to a lender in a way that the lender will find it favorable? What does the lender need to see? How do your accounts need to look? And I don't mean to make them fictitious, not at all by any means, but how do we make them solid? And to make sure that the lender is confident in your balance sheet and in your income statement to want to lend you more money. Stacy Mullinex, a program manager at Advance Iowa. For more information on the Business Financial Solutions Workshop to be held May 24th and 25th, or about their ownership transition and continuity planning services generally, go to AdvanceIowa.com. We connected via Zoom on Tuesday, May 3rd, and we'll hear more from her next month, focusing on business transitions. Still to come, a post-COVID advertising reset, and we'll profile a company with an admirably high level of repeat business. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Secretary of State wants you to be a voter in the June 7th primary election. Here are some important dates to remember. If you want to vote by mail, you'll need to request your ballot by Monday, May 23rd, and return it to your county auditor by June 7th. Starting May 18th, you can vote in person at your county auditor's office, and polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Election Day. Don't forget your voter ID. For more information, visit voterready.iowa.gov. Where can you find eight different museums and art galleries within one walkable square mile? Why, in Waterloo, of course. Waterloo, Iowa is home to the Sullivan Brothers Veterans Museum, the Dan Gable National Wrestling Museum, the John Deere Tractor and Engine Museum, the Waterloo Center for the Arts, and more. Which begs the question, why not Waterloo? I'm Mayor Quentin Hart, inviting you to Waterloo. Come for a visit, stay for the great quality of life. Look us up at cityofwaterlooiowa.com. 
Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the new competitive dashboard data by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. Nielsen recently released a national consumer study of 1,000 adults age 18 and over. This was actually the eighth in a series of studies in the past 24 months measuring the impact of the pandemic on consumers. We now know that of workers who commuted prior to the COVID pandemic, 86% are now back to working outside the home. 14% are still home-based, and that's down from roughly 42% working from home in the first few weeks of COVID. Advertisers have long known that to reach a somewhat captive audience defined as those who spend more than just a few minutes per day in the car, they should use AM-FM radio as a key part of their advertising plan. But that changed when nearly half the commuting audience stayed home. That meant a change in advertising methods. Many people listen to the radio at home, but not always with a radio. They may use a station app on their phone or a smart speaker like Alexa. Placing an ad on an over-the-air radio station does not mean that ad will show up on a stream. So that meant placing ads targeted for podcasts, apps, and web streams. But now, two years since the first COVID shutdown, Nielsen reports more than two-thirds of radio listeners spend an hour or more per day in their car. That is a two-year high level. And that in turn has meant advertisers are going back to radio. And with good reason, AMFM radio has retained virtually all its pre-pandemic reach. And on top of that, the audience profile of U.S. AM-FM radio has become more upscale since COVID. The audience of those making $75,000 a year or more is now 5% larger than before COVID. Given when the survey was conducted, that's not due to inflation. Coming up, learn about an employee-owned construction company that does business across this country and beyond. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Are you experiencing farm FOMO? It's the fear of missing out on opportunities to make every soybean acre you farm more profitable. Luckily, FOMO is easy to overcome. Just tap into your Iowa Soybean Association benefits courtesy of the Soybean Checkoff. Be among the first to receive agronomic research results, timely soy news, producer education invites, and so much more. Connect today at IASoybeans.com. The Iowa Secretary of State wants you to be a voter in the June 7th primary election. Here are some important dates to remember. If you want to vote by mail, you'll need to request your ballot by Monday, May 23rd, and return it to your county auditor by June 7th. Starting May 18th, you can vote in person at your county auditor's office, and polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Election Day. Don't forget your voter ID. For more information, visit VoterReady.Iowa.gov. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, sponsors of a two-day workshop featuring business financial solutions that work, to be held on May 24th and 25th. 
More in the upcoming events section of AdvanceIowa.com. In our business profile, we'll reintroduce you to the story of Carl A. Nelson and Company, headquartered in Burlington, with additional offices in Cedar Falls and Washington. Dan Culp is Director of Business Development for Carl A. Nelson and Company. Carl A. Nelson and Company is a general contractor design-build company started in Burlington, Iowa in 1913 by a Swedish immigrant named Carl A. Nelson. It's uh, grown from being a small contractor in the in the early stages of the business to a fairly good-sized contractor today. We work in several different markets in healthcare, industrial, and a lot of K through 12 projects here in the state of Iowa. We also do power plant projects, recreational projects. So we have a very wide background and and experience in our company. Our company is employee owned, and it's been employee owned for probably uh, about 80 years now since the 1940s, which was early for you know employee ownership companies. And we have about 130 employees total in the company. So fairly good sized business for Southeast Iowa. Our reach is really regional. We work all throughout the Midwest, but generally with clients that are repeat clients for us. So we don't generally go chase work that's outside of our core area. It's generally brought about by uh, customers who say, Carl A. Nelson, we want you to go do this project for us in Idaho, in New York. In fact, one of our clients that we did all of their work here in the United States for quite some time decided they were going to build a pet food plant in Guelph, Ontario. This was a French company at the time. They came to us and said, we want you guys to be our design builder. And so we developed a Canadian entity, went to Guelph, Ontario, built a large pet food manufacturing facility there for them. And it was because their experience with us on all the projects before that caused them to to want to use us to do that project outside of our country. Now, when you do these projects, whether it's outside the country or in Idaho, New York, do you take a whole crew from Iowa? Do you hire people on site there or is it a blend? It really depends. It's usually a blend. Definitely on the, the project in Canada, we were not allowed to take our craftsmen into Canada to work there. And so we developed a joint venture with a Canadian firm that facilitated that part of the project. They provided the labor and we provided the project management for that. And the design of that project was under us. Uh, that was a design build project. Our portion of that was about $50 million. So it was a fairly good sized project and quite an undertaking considering that you know there's a lot of differences in Canadian laws and zoning requirements than there is in the United States. So there was a lot of hurdles to overcome on that project. But a lot of the projects are projects where our superintendents go to that remote location and sometimes we'll have uh, construction crews on those sites and, and sometimes we don't. It just depends on the type of project. This is a question just born of my ignorance, but when I hear that someone is a construction company, I guess I didn't necessarily think that you might have certain specialties. For example, you specialize in schools or you specialize in a few different types of facilities that you mentioned. Is that common in the industry? It's somewhat common, yes. I think different construction companies look for their niche where they have good experience. And also a part of what causes that for us is that there are certain skill requirements for different types of projects. Not everybody can do those things. Some contractors, they want to be the contractor for everything. It's very difficult to be competent 
in all types of construction markets. For instance, on the industrial side, our company does a lot of industrial projects and we have a variety of experience in different types of those projects. And we have developed a core competency in our company of doing code analysis. And it's very important for really any project, but especially for industrial clients who have hazardous storage issues. And we've really, I think, raised the bar on that to where we had one large manufacturer that was rebuilding or building a new manufacturing plant. They asked us to come on board, not as a contractor, but as their code consultant because of the experience that we have and the expertise that we have in doing that. Now, that's not our first goal necessarily. We would rather be building the building, but at times for different clients, we'll unbundle our services to satisfy what their needs are. And then kind of on a whole different side of the scale, we do a lot of projects for K through 12 schools in Iowa, but as a construction manager, because in Iowa, design build is not allowed for public entities. And so we feel like the construction management scenario or delivery method is the best delivery method for school districts who don't have a lot of expertise in construction and do need a lot of help in understanding the issues and the complexities of a construction project. Dan Culp, Director of Business Development for Carl A. Nelson and Company of Burlington, a company that has thrived for more than a century and for more than 70 years after the death of its founder, due to a strong work ethic that has been rewarded by consumers. As we learned when we first talked with the company in 2020, more than 80% of their work these days is from repeat customers. More online at carlanelsonconstruction.com. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. We're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at advanceiowa.com. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.